party time, Jared. How you doing? Uh, good. It's party time. Yeah. Let me just get a new name for the podcast. This is party time with Chris and Jared. We may have to with the BBC fucking Fuck coming BBC. down our neck. BBC can F to the U. I wrote him an email. Strongly worded, I hope. It was very strongly worded. It was actually it was actually an Instagram. I got onto their Instagram page. So it's not really email, <laughs> but a digital communication. Sure. Yeah. Slid into their DMs and said. Eight question marks in a row. Good. Yep. Stay off of our sovereign soil over here. Yeah. Yeah, man. We got enough problems on our own. Back off. You know what I you know what else I saw? Huh. <laughs> no, guess. Oh. Uh, did you see a cat today? Uh I did not see a cat today. Oh. I saw another inspirational sign. Oh. So you know how we yeah, you know it's not how, like DA Burns. This is not DA Burns. It's not DA Burns. DA Burns hasn't changed it up. We still got um Dun Lumber? No. Is it that gas station on on 45th? No. <laughs> um how do you get to the highway from uh how, how do you go to work? What's your route? Oh, you going by Daily Auto Harps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. No yes, music, sir. no peace. <laughs> no with a K music. No with a K peace. Yep. I seen that same thing on a bumper sticker, but it was Jesus. No Jesus, no peace. Yeah, I don't know. That's debatable. I'm not gonna say no justice, no peace. There's a lot of things you could throw in there. Yeah, no yeah. pepperonis, no olives. It's you know for for so what they had last time was about math. It was something right. It was something math like with music is math with feeling. Yeah, that's so, it. Something like that, or, or with Jesus. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but yeah. It was the no music, no pe- no yeah. life or something like that. Yeah, good about for every month they'll change it up. Yeah, sometimes it's just like announcing their open jam session over at the auto harp store, or they just hired somebody. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Tim. <laughs> We're gonna tell some tales today about David Bowie, the, like the beginnings. Obviously, like the next to beginning because it's the second album, as usual. Yeah, everybody knows that space oddity after the. Self-titled first album. Yeah, David Bowie. And uh, with a weird like haircut on that first album. Yeah. Kind of like... He, David's not afraid to put his Sandy face Duncan on the hair. cover. <laughs> right. Him and, uh, <laughs> him and uh, Phil Collins, they like to yeah. just mug it up on the album cover. There's a, there's a producer in David's case that said, like, you're pretty, and we're selling you. <laughs> you're on the cover. And there's a producer in Phil Collins' case that said, you're famous enough that I think we can pull a Billy Joel and get you on the cover. Really? Because I don't, yeah. Because I don't think either one of those guys is actually much in the looks department, are they? That's what I'm saying. Billy Joel, that was the the thrust of it. Phil Collins or David Bowie. Like, I never got that. I mean, David Bowie's striking. I'll give him that. But look at them teeth. You know, he's got a look. (laughs) He's got a look. But there's something eyes. He has the look that and the body type that makes you think... He always smells good. You say you, so. I think so, dude. He's he's thin enough. Yeah. He's not skinny except for a f- few stages yeah. in his life, but well, yeah. but well after what we're this album, um, where you know he's he's like, uh, you don't think he lifts heavy things often, so he doesn't build up a sweat. He's right. always, it seems like he doesn't he's break always, a sweat. He doesn't it's break a sweat unless he that the character or what he wants to throw out there is that this guy is put together for sure. To the end, yeah, that was put together. Yeah, you never saw him at like Walmart in a pair of sweatpants, or you know, going to, even when they caught him out <laughs> on the street, 
<laughs> you no, know, you don't. He'd be that. like in an overcoat and like <laughs> a hat, like a like a really fat like hats you and I couldn't even wear. No, or pull off. No, and that's maybe his look is that he can kind of pull anything off, whether he uh, is designed for that or he has forced his will onto it. Because um, there's a discipline, man. His his musicianship yeah. throughout his whole career is just exemplary. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Putting out prolific even. He's got a good half dozen albums that I think are perfect. Yeah. Like, listen all the way through. Don't even hit the skip button. Good. Yeah. I don't know if this is one of them, but, I mean, it's kind of the one that put him on the map. This is the tough spot we're in right now, is that we're going to talk about David Bowie and his second album, Space Oddity. Now, what hasn't been said about David Bowie? Who doesn't know about David Bowie? We've spoken about David Bowie on this podcast for a decade now. We have talked about having sex with David Bowie. I would just say having with fun Bowie. with David Bowie. You know. That just catches it all right there. It's going to smell awesome. That's a, that is a bonus, dude. You know it. Um, and I bet people, I, I didn't find that in my research, but I think, mm. I think everybody knows. It's just it's right in front of you. It's it's like how you know the Washington Monument is obviously a satanic obelisk that goes into the sky. Either him nor right there. Yeah. Either him nor Prince ever smelled bad in their life. I would I would wager. I I think Prince got some funk on him. (laughs) I think I think uh, you're saying he can't do the splits and heels for like two hours. You saw Prince sweat. I saw him sweat, but I know he just he sweats iced tea. No, he's he's got that bad hip. He couldn't clean himself so well. Sweet tea comes out of his pores. Yeah, uh, purple. You may, drink you may be comes you, out of his pores. <laughs> <laughs> you may have a point there, man. Yeah. Um, where was I going with uh, with old David and his good smelling body? You want to smell David Bowie? Well, so the problem is, or the challenge is that people have talked about David Bowie. We've talked about David Bowie, and now whenever you think about him, you think about his career, and the, with this album. My perspective is that it's not his best album by far. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent album to follow up his first album. True. And it had his number one hit on it, his first hit. Right. Um, I don't know if it ever went to number one. It went in the In the, the UK chart, so. it did. Yeah. yeah. But like in the 72 re-release or something. Something I can, uh, I can tell you about yeah. that. Um, so with him being this huge thing, how do you... Just kind of focus in on the the placement of this album and and it for its time. So you got to kind of you kind of got to go in, um, you got to go in with that. Yeah, but it's like you said, it maybe not his best, but it's the one that set up. It's the first. If you listen to that first album, you could understand if he had kind of faded into obscurity after that record. There wasn't much special about it, or they had that David Bowie magic on it. Yeah, it's the first one to have a little dusting of that Bowie magic. And I don't know if that's because uh, he this is when he started working with Tony Visconti, partially who he would work with off and on throughout the rest of his life. Dude, we should do, let's give a moment for Tony Visconti <laughs> for real. <laughs> Write a book, brother Brooklyn. If you haven't already, Tony Visconti's a, a New Brooklyn York guy? boy. Yeah, wow. He worked with Bowie starting with this album, and I think starting with Space Oddity, but felt that it was a kind of a gimmick song. Yeah. And folk is real big right now. So this is like Space Oddity as a song is kind of sci-fi folkish. There's a story. There's, a, there's you know, being told. That would be the shape of things to come, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> with him, anyway, at least with David Bowie. Like sci-fi and space would yeah. be fertile ground for him. That's what makes this album unique 
is for a second album, following up an album that really, his first one didn't launch him. The second one launched him. And it kind of like even after the second one, he did have that number one hit. Yeah. But then he would, he was kind of in limbo for another two, three years until he, uh, hunky dory or I don't even know if that really hit it off for him. So when Ziggy hit, I mean, that was three, four years later. Maybe I should say laid the foundation. I'm I'm going to go the exact opposite direction instead of launched. (laughs) I'm going to go with laid the foundation. Number one hit. I would say that's a launch. Yeah. And there are, there's the fairy dust. There's the sprinkling of where that, um, that dimension of songwriting is going to go in that song. And, and then, you know, he's hitting it. Uh, he's got, he's starting to throw those tendrils out. Yeah. You know, and it's, and Tony Visconti, he did a great job. And you know, played else? the bass too. He did that with a lot of bands. Tony's been, he's got his fingers through tons of bands and wasn't shy about playing on them. I couldn't tell you offhand who else to, who else did Tony Visconti work with? Tony Visconti. I know you got notes. You <laughs> have it. Tony Visconti was born and raised in Hell's Kitchen, New York. Oh. His dad was a boxer. Oh. Toxic waste barrel got pushed <laughs> over, hit him in the eyes. He couldn't see anymore. Oh, Developed shit. his hearing. Oh. But that also happened to this other guy <laughs> who became a crime fighter, so Tony went into music. Um, he is a musical superhero at this yeah, point. Yeah, he was with David till the end. This start, you're right. This started yeah. the relationship, but it wasn't like you're a genius. We're gonna work forever together. There was yeah. a there was a they were cooling the band off point. Together. They were in the the uh, the hype together. Oh yeah, they had a previous band. Um, maybe it was after this album, before this album. I'm not sure. Yeah, they were in a band. It wasn't David Bowie. It was, or maybe it was David Bowie and the hype. Anyway, he was part of the hype. Yeah, I don't th- I don't know if it was David Bowie, but maybe. Seeing pictures of Tony Visconti in a Superman outfit playing the bass. So nice, <laughs> strong. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's uh, that's right in the same orbit as Freddie Mercury riding on Darth Vader's shoulders. Hell yeah! God bless that man. So he worked for Trident Studio. That's in London. Hey Joe was recorded in London. Right. I mean, no. Trident. No, sorry. Hey Jude. Hey Joe. Sorry, I got to get my handwriting better. To be fair. Hey, Joe was probably recorded in London, too. Just don't I feel, feel bad. I thought we had mentioned Trident before, but I don't think we have. I didn't see any familiar Beatles album. had done stuff there. So, what what gave you the hint? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, Jerry. You know, sorry. Sorry about that. 2014, you're admitting I was wrong. I was wrong to jump on you about that, Jared. Flashback to Fucking 2014. Well, th- this hasn't th- th- even been a year of anything, yeah, has it? It has is been, it? but we haven't mentioned it. It's the year that shall not be mentioned, maybe. Getting getting shit done? No, getting... Step up your game. That's it. We keep forgetting that. Yeah. <laughs> because we're getting shit done. 2018, right. I think. last year. <laughs> so, uh, fucking Candle in the Wind that's recorded here. Queen's oh, first shit. album, Queen's second album. It's a long fucking list, man. A lot of people came through this studio and spot. through Tony Visconti's hands. Capable man. Mm. Always claimed you can never find a fucking slice in London. And he's right. He's right about that. I've been Damn there. Right. But there's also, uh, there's Gutch, Gus uh, Dodgen. Um, he, he did the main, the main stuff on this album. Okay. And then, just like Tony, Tony is to David Bowie as Gus is to Elton John. Oh, there's some fingers on this album, man. Okay, this is the birth of some stuff because that's about when Elton John started yeah. coming on the scene too, late '60s. And this studio became a, a piv- pivotal spot for some seminal albums. 
And uh, they had the high tech. They had a Triton board, the A2 or something like that. Eight whole channels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have eight mics. <laughs> hey, David, I'm just going to tell you. We got eight mics in the studio. <laughs> Whatever you want to fucking lay down, my friend. Go sick, bro. Have at it, dog. That's going to be a thing in the Symphonies 30 years. Mics. Speaking of there's strings on this opening track. There's strings and 12-string guitars. And, and some more of that. Uh, bass sounds. I think I heard a laser. My favorite instrument to talk about, the Mellotron. Rick Wakeman's <laughs> all over that shit on this What this did album. you just call Rick Wakeman? <laughs> Rick Wakeman, master of the Mellotrons. <laughs> King of the Mellotrons. He did to Mellotron as Jerry Lewis did to... <laughs> Marching Dimes. Ground control to Major Tom. Right out the gate, there's Major Tom, who would also stay with him through his whole career. Yeah. Ground control to, the to end. Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. You see footage of just David playing this with his 12-string guitar on TV. It's a good, it's a good example of like pared down. And right, a good that's how you song. know it's still a good song. Yeah, when it's still good when he plays it like that. Yeah, without the counting and the melotrons. <laughs> but God bless their souls. Slide. Some day in the life. But... Totally. Tony, the first time you're thinking about this. <laughs> okay. First time. Shout out Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can shout out to Tony all through this album. He's good. Tony maybe has some suggestions for David. <laughs> hey, uh, Dave, uh, one quick question. What happened to Major Tom? Where'd he go? He ended up on that weird planet with that girl that had a tail. Watching some videos. Alright, And it's a narrative, you know, he's telling this story. You kind of get, for whatever reason, he gets sucked in. So, what you're saying is that at this point, Major Tom went through the door and he's floating in space. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) alright. Floating in his tin can. Sitting in his tin can. Sitting in a tin can. We've all been there. Yeah. Dude, it's creepy. This is a creepy song, man. It is, and this was like coincided with the actual moon landing. Well, the BBC used this for the uh, feed for Apollo 11. Yeah, which we just had the anniversary of. Yeah. So I guess that'd be the anniversary of this being a single, I guess. Yeah. Huh. By the transit of property. Great claps we just talked over, but that was great hand use claps, of claps. dude. Great use of hand claps. So now David's going to get into talking about how far away, maybe the isolation of it. Yeah. You know, Major Tom's starting to think like, uh, this is going awry. And like a good soundtrack. (laughs) It's making a movie in your head. Which, did Rocket Man come out after this, huh? I don't know about that. But I like what you said about making a movie in your head. One of my notes is that for this song, it's a narrative, and it's like a cinematic narrative. With you can see crossfades, you can see, yeah. you know, uh, um, zoom in, zoom outs, and, and whatnot. It's, it's a real. You know, I don't know if there's a star wipe in it, but right. 
but he's got different vocal styles for ground control and a different one Major Tom's answering. He is, he is the cracked actor already. He's he's playing all these roles. Yeah. Just dancing on that ride cymbal. We won't hear that kind of good ride cymbal until Dire Straits, uh, Salt and Swing. <laughs> The next time you hear it like that. Terry Cox. Get them hand claps again and then come in with the saxophone. <laughs> Smooth, man. And it's not your normal song structure. And this is the first song off of this album. Like you could you could shake people off the ride, um, you know, with this, just as easily as hook them, you know? Yeah. Kind of a Bohemian Rhapsody sort of approach. It's you know? a big swing. Big swing. Swinging for the fences. Speaking Terry. of swinging, a story about David Bowie. <laughs> Old Terry Cox just looked it up. He played with Elton John and the Bee Gees. So. Probably real. He's com- okay. Yeah, real comfortable at Triton Studios. Right. Terry, you want that set up again? <laughs> Three mics on the toms. Let the snare ride, and we'll catch the bass drum about six feet away. Very psychedelic, baby. Well, they liked to do it back then. So what do you think happened to Major Tom? In this song? Or in his whole... At, at this point, at the end of this song. At the end of the song. Wrap up this... He's, uh, he's taking it in. But his circuit's dead. There's something wrong. Think he? I don't think he comes home. I don't think. I don't think he comes home. No. Which is backed up by the uh, was it Lazarus video that he did shortly before Lazarus or uh, the other one. All and it opens, stars. yeah, and it opens with an astronaut leaning up against a rock on definitely some other planet, like like a moon rock looking thing. And Zoom in, you figure out this is Major Tom, and then you see it zooms in more, and there's just a skull in the helmet. He's fucking dead, laying there, and a girl <laughs> with a tail comes over, and it's weird, dude. This, a lot of the lyrics on this album are weird. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of his lyrics over over the ages have been weird. Yeah, he's a weird guy. He's a weird guy, but uh, so where's he getting his influences from? You know, he did he had a bunch of weird shit. He was an actor. He was a, <laughs> he was a mime. Oh, yeah. His, I mean, he, his mime troupe, The Feathers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just kind of an artist, I guess. He just has an imagination. Uh, probably loves sci-fi. and uh, Yeah. You know, that's right. where he's coming from. And, and, and must have boundless energy. And sex, and that's what he was into. Maybe, but at this stage, you know, again, keeping it with where where David is right at, you know, November, he's recording this. Or no, this comes out in November. It's recorded in June, 1969. Yeah. yeah. He'd been, been dabbling with the smack a little bit. You think? Yeah. He said as much, but uh, like a dabbling in like 68, like right before this album came out. But, you know, he's smoking them jazz cigarettes. Yeah. Maybe a little nose candy. Well, his inspiration for Space Oddity, the song... The song, um, he went to go see 2001. Ah, probably Say, high as balls. <laughs> that's with the quote, dude. Let me, let me fucking... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, man. Let me see if I can find it. Um, yeah, I went stoned, I went stoned out of my mind to see the movie. And it really freaked me out. Especially <laughs> the trip passage. 
really freaked me out, man. Uh, wow. Well, who could have guessed? Yeah. Um, Feels that way, man. Because what happens to to David Bowman? He doesn't come home either, does he? No. He he goes through. You know, he travels. He goes through a wormhole, or or the you know the alien consciousness gets him. Whatever. He just went to the other side, man. Yeah, he went to the other side. The, it, probably dimensional travel, if we're being realistic. I think it's pretty much um, whatever that Matthew McConaughey movie was. Yeah, a little interstellar in there? Yeah. yeah, David's thinking about that shit after seeing 2001, because Major Tom, to get to another planet in this short amount of time, he must have gone through a wormhole. And then he fucking got into some gravity, got pulled down, crash and boom, but he was able to get out of the craft. Yeah. Right? Lay down he, he on was that rock. Some shit. Yeah, well, this is, this is, he knew his wife loved him, and he uh, loved his wife. Yeah, and everybody at least got to find out what kind of shirts he wore. Yeah. <laughs> this is important. Let's move on. Unwashed and somewhat slightly dazed. See, I told you he was doing drugs. Yeah. This is like, about being young and Cheeky right there. Hey, little girl. I know you see me through the window. Just staring. Don't turn your nose up. See, that's nice, Ed. He's like, don't turn your nose up. You can if you I'm going to keep masturbating either way. <laughs> you can. If you got to look away, I understand. Yeah, what I what I love about David Bowie's songwriting, his lyric writing, and his measure, he doesn't really care about rhyming. Not so much. And when you think it's about to rhyme, he goes on to a whole nother like four or five words, and yeah, then you're yeah. like, maybe it's gonna come back to rhyming with that. And then no, he's and now he's on to some <laughs> other thing he saw when he was walking through the neighborhood. A little bit of that Bo Diddley beat coming in there. Totally. The stone. Yeah. I think he circles back to that a few times on this album. So you thought this was about courting someone, now rats are chewing his bones? Yeah, he's getting eaten up by rats. That's what love does to you, man. Makes you feel like rats are eating your brain. He knew that. I'll tell you, if brainstorm's a euphemism for something, and he does it 12 times a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he's so skinny. Thin white rope, thin white duke. He's got eyes in his backside. He's electric tomatoes. <laughs> okay, that's like some wannabe Dylan lyrics right there. <laughs> he just adds it with their children in washrooms. Dude, he he narrates what he sees with this album. <laughs> this is where he's getting he's getting it's just him walking around baked. He's getting baked. As a kid on a bicycle, <laughs> he's got a skinny. Uh, got a groove. You know, we you, you just went on a, a journey, a cinematic journey with Space Oddity, and now we're rocking with a familiar, comfortable, well worked in groove. Yeah. Tried and true. Very rock and roll. Very Dylan. Yeah, harmonica even. 
you know, as far as recording, everything seems like it's a little bit pushed back. He's, I mean, he's clean up in the in the vocals and stuff, but it doesn't have the the master. This sounds like today's raw recordings before you get it mastered, you know. Yeah, but yeah. it's mixed real well. It's all there, yeah. Yeah, live sound, man. Those That's drums are mics live. Get you. <laughs> Hanging on. Catch himself there. Speaking of which, after this, I want to play a track of him laughing during the recording. Oh yeah, that's coming up. I got I got the album with that version on it. Oh nice. So we're gonna run into that. Oh good. Not like the laughing gnome. We're not here to talk about that because that's is that a club? No, that's a David Bowie single from before his first album. Oh, it might even be an album. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> and this is only his second album because everyone fails to recognize that as being his first album. Well, he swings yeah. for the fences. He's big swinging. Yeah, he need to get off that gnome shit. Dude, speaking of big swinging, you know he's packing. Oh, he's English. He's got that English thin dick. I mean, he's thin, <laughs> but the, that thing's just thin white dick. Hammer. Back in the time when people would actually put on a record and dance to it, you know, <laughs> um, maybe have a whole bunch of friends over and just innocently dance to it. Um, so I don't mind the long outro, you know, kind of see where it's going. I'm going for the ride, though. Listed as the harmonica player on this album. It's probably him. You think? I've never seen him play the harmonica. Usually, guys that can play harmonica will like bust it out. Oh, there it is. They do. They do like to show it. Harmonica. <laughs> Somebody, Benny Marshall, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You ever think? You ever think a harmonica player? During a party, just like let it slip out of his pocket, like he didn't know it fell. Oh shit! Was this here? <laughs> oh, might as well what strike up a tune. Oh, is that your harmonica, Bill? <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess it's here. All right, play some. Go do it. That's how I feel about guys with their guitars at parties. The worst. We're not twenty-one anymore. Impressive. I think the real move though is if you just plug in your electric guitar and start <laughs> doing it. Start doing some windmill strokes. Just <laughs> There's going to be one person left at the bonfire who's really digging it. Oh yeah, there always is. Yeah, that's just one of the loneliest people at a party. <laughs> the last one to sit with the guitarist. <laughs> pack yeah. Oh, you need help packing out your gear? <laughs> nah, bro. Dude, you should, uh, we should, uh, if you like fucking camping, we should camp some more. <laughs> this is your, uh, this is your track here, Chris. Don't sit down. Yeah. So they were just, uh, they were just having fun. I'm not sure if they ever meant to make a song out of this or if this was Warming just. Warming up? Yeah. I think, I think more or less it was the warm up. Yeah, yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna guess by the vocals. Yeah, yeah, baby, yeah. Yeah. It was probably fillers. Yeah. 
Just fun times over there at Trident. It's nice, man. It's nice, but song about her song to Hermione, a letter to Hermione. Yeah, I could look at the screen. Just one letter, not letters. No, nope. to Hermione. It's the last one. He wrote her once. Hermione was his pet name for J.K. Rowling <laughs> back when they were dating. Yeah, used to be cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, half of the wizards so. in fucking the Harry Potter <laughs> books are David Bowie. <laughs> right? Yeah. Speaking of which, which uh, you got any favorite movies that uh, David Bowie acted oh, in? Or favorite man. performances from David the man Bowie. himself? Man, you know, it's tough to say not his full name. <laughs> <laughs> like Bill Murray. Yeah, it is. It's just one sentence. Um, you know... What's the one? Uh, he had it was real small in the Prestige when he was playing. Yeah. That was cool, but it was too short, right? But but he left you wanting more. Yeah, and isn't that isn't that what he does? But you know, probably just because that's the one I've seen the most and have like. Uh, that's my favorite role. Fondness growing up is is the the Muppet one he did the. the oh yeah, yeah, Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yep. The young piece. Jennifer Connelly and, and David Bowie's cod piece. David Bowie with an inappropriate cod piece for a children's movie. <laughs> and he's just spinning the orbs. Little Benoit balls. Do you know the, that fly. was a stunt hand? That was a guy. I uh, heard. But the, I, saw, I saw, you know, on ABC something fucking <laughs> behind the scenes movie. Long time ago when that came out. And, yeah. uh, and they showed that guy doing it. It was the first time I ever saw contact juggling. What the fuck is happening in that guy's hands? Yeah, then they turn into snakes. His hands do? The balls. Oh, they do? See, I never yeah. saw the movie. Oh, it gets it gets a bit of play around here. The kids like it, too. Yeah, nice. Yeah. You, you know. <laughs> Have me over next time. Oh, wow, um, look at this. Yeah, it's asking yeah, for a that? restart. Don't, Jeez. don't fuck with me like that. Um, I also really liked him in Zoolander. Oh, shit, right when he's judging the walk-off. Yeah. I'm going to be able to be of service. <laughs> Laugh down. Just the sting. <laughs> pretty great. Pretty great. Um, oh, you know what is pretty fun, even though it's it's like a total time capsule and probably need to be on some sort of mind-altering drug of, of your choice. But the man who fell to earth is a fucking trip. <laughs> it is a trip. Yeah. Uh, it's a strange one. I haven't seen it. Well aware of it. Never never saw it. Never sat down and watched it. It's uh I mean there's just sort of a narrative going on there. But it's just really weird. I like really weird. So No, my imperson my impression of that seeing the VHS cover. Yeah. A, an early put together that musicians can be in movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe right around the same time as Sting was in Dune. Before, so you know, Edge goes to David. Yeah, Bowie. Um, being like, uh, that's it must be about an alien that comes to Earth and hijinks ensue. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, comes to I like get it. help for its planet, and he ends up getting sucked into like the vices of this world. And he becomes super. Uh, maybe that's part of it. You see that he did Lazarus on on Broadway, which was like a sequel to this movie. He ends okay. up becoming like a millionaire, but uh, 
Ooh, Rich Alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but game in the yeah. system. Doing a lot of he's insurance be, fraud. He's supposed to be helping <laughs> out the folks back home, but you know, there's too much uh got sidetracked. Lying women and song down here. Yeah. So he can get into that. Dude, isn't that the trappings? Major Tom was hoping to God that was gonna happen to him <laughs> and he got cold rock. Yeah, he got, that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a sucky landing when <laughs> you just you got plenty of time traveling through space just being like fuck yeah that's the first time I saw him with no eyebrows Major Tom no uh, the man who fell to Earth oh yeah that was yeah. about part of the alien that was about when the eyebrows came off yeah okay uh, all right Prime Bowie though as far as like his little window of kind of like being good looking yeah that's pretty good again there's he's got the look. Kind of got a almost a reptilian look, mm-hmm. you know. Especially when they give him those lizard eyes in that movie. Yeah, I can see it. Uh-huh. He kind of has one lizard eye already, where his friend stabbed him in the eye with a pencil over, <laughs> over, over a girl. Well, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Jared. A lot of people think it's it's the uh, condition uh, heterochromia. Right. Tell me. <laughs> it, it means you're a straight one, ape. <laughs> one inflection away from a Mellotron, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Melochromia dude. yourself. <laughs> it's where you, one eye is a different color. Yeah, like Huskies. Yeah. Yeah, like the Huskies. Blue healers. Yeah, whoever, yeah. Whoever does that. I think Huskies. Yeah. No, maybe they're just blue eyes. I don't know. It happens to a lot of species, Jerry. Max Dog had two colored eyes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a way of saying two brown eyes? <laughs> So his pupil, because he, he, what I read is he got punched in the head. It's permanently dilated. Yeah. yeah. So he's a little bit of trouble with that perception. Yeah. But it makes him look cool. Yeah, totally. Adds to it. Marilyn Manson had to put it in a contact lens to get that look. Dude, that's a reptilian adaption for being struck in the head when it's just like that eye's like, not again. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Never sneaking up on me. Uh-uh. And he was renowned for not being able to be snuck up on. Eyes are on the side of his head. That's why. Yeah, um, <laughs> they do look a little bit far apart. A little bit far apart. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to tear apart David Bowie's looks. This is one of my heroes of all time. But let's hear what he said to Hermione, because she's the one that got away. Man. Yeah, he's in his feelings. You can tell by the close up on that mic. This letter sweeps the billow clean. So rest your head and read a treasure dream. I mean, that's a pretty 12 string guitar right there. That's, that's Bowie right there. That was his, that was his instrument with that 12 string. I think maybe you feel the same. What can we do? Bringing that like mandolin or something. Really? And they had to split up, but it broke his. I think it was his first heartbreak. Stage actress? Yeah. Uh, I think she would have to do some movies, maybe. Maybe. I I didn't look into it that far. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is a true kind of. uh, It's a real person. Yeah. True love song. Yeah. It's coming from the depths. Supposed to say, but I can 
Time he's kind of throwing that sexy voice on you. Yeah. He makes you laugh. He brings you out in style. So now he's talking about Hermione's got a new man. But his dick's not long and slim like mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, David, <laughs> put in the dick line. But did you ever call my name? Ooh. He's, he's oh, feeling shit. it. Give her the lights are not bright in the room in which he writes this song. <laughs> this is uh, his version like that Alanis Morissette song. Read about about Dave. Will he go down on you in a yeah. theater? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Think of you when I scratch my nails out someone else's back. It is of the same ilk. Linus was taking notes. It's kind of sweet, but it's kind of like you know he's not he's not as good as me. I mean, do you hear anybody? Um, bringing this album up or playing this album I, I don't know it's many. not one I mean even as a, like a lifelong Bowie fan this is not even really one I, I fuck with a ton I know these songs because when I put it on just like Bowie Shuffle they'll come up and be like oh that's right oh yeah but uh, I, I never when I sit down to listen to one or put one on you're driving somewhere I don't really I don't wouldn't go for this one yeah but uh, time and place maybe I would get in the right mood I mean, you've heard Space Oddity a ton. Yeah. But once you, it, it's like watching, <laughs> it's like watching Bob Ross. If you do it for like a minute, you're in till the end. For sure. Space Oddity. Yeah, that's why I put it out front. Yeah. Um, fucking where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, for, for playing it around. Um, I think this is a good party album. I think if you mm. were to throw this on uh, while you're entertaining some guests, for it's... Sure. It's Bowie, but it's not distracting Bowie. It's not distracting me, Bowie. Yeah. He's not coming at you so <laughs> there's hard. There's some other records where he, he would be distracting. Yeah. yeah. It's going to feel like he's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> That's when he's just sitting in the corner with the band playing for your party. I'll tell you what. For, for transcribing spirit into music, it's going to be tough to get to, to top Bowie in, in that capability. Yeah, those special Aleister Crowley powers, man. He was into the, was he? He was into the black magic. How so? I mean, because we're starting to fill out a, a lizard person. Oh, yeah. And he would sing, like, uh, Hunky Dory, and he would sing about uh, the homeless superior and, uh, and a bunch it, of Nietzsche Hunky Dory. Shit. That means and, everything's cool. Yeah, yeah. And Golden Dawn, <laughs> which was, like, what Aleister Crowley was. And he would he was way into the Kabbalah and Crowley and all the... Into the Jewish mysticism arts, and, and <laughs> his... A little bit of Satanism, yeah. which gets which does you know what I'm learning on the it all. last podcast to the left. It gets a bad rap, mm-hmm. but I don't care. I think you know yeah. it's all it's all he waving was trying hands. It all out, little Buddhism, little bit of this, little yeah, bit of that. I like his musical fucking direction, man. Yeah, he's he's, he, he's astrological chart read. He's he's good. Yeah, reminds <laughs> he's reminding fucking, to read his take it all in. <laughs> he's like an MMA fighter of the spirit. <laughs> Mixed <laughs> spiritual arts. <laughs> it was a black belt. But yeah, he'd get into that. And it's not so much maybe on this album. Maybe he hadn't really found that yet or was equal confidence singing about it. But You know, it, it has the character of being a really banging first album. You yeah. Know? It'd be a pretty great first. If this was his first album, he'd be impressed. Yeah. yeah. Second album, I'm, I'm still impressed. But Good on him with sticking with it. 
Yeah, he failed a lot. Yeah. Before even that first album, he had bands and bands and would get signed and dropped and get her manager and then get dropped and like for a good five years before this. And tried to make it in the beginning with his real name, David Jones, until Davy Jones come along. And yeah. Monkeys, that monkey's fame, powerful. <laughs> Fucking powerful. Can we do the monkey second album and have my mom on? Yeah. That would be the best. I'm gonna see her all next week. I'm hanging out with my my parents, my whole family. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can talk her into that. Yeah, yeah, man. Talk about the monkey second album. I have all her old monkeys LPs. (laughs) Yeah, with all the hearts drawn around Peter Tork. (laughs) Like my 12 year old pubescent mom was drawing hearts around Peter Tork. I get it. We got to have her on to discuss that. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to sit down with your mom. All right, I'll make that happen. Anyway, I brought my mom. Signet Committee. This is kind of a groovy little uh, number, actually. Yeah, this song gets some respect. This is a bit of uh, a glimpse into what the next 10 years could be. It's the first time you really hear in that bass. I mean, not right now. Before, a little bit before. <laughs> He's got the very attacky, very Paul McCartney tone where you can really hear that thudding. Like a plunk. Yeah. You think that's a finger? I don't know. I feel like it's a callous finger. Just getting that delicate attack on there, but still, still distinct. They're not going heavy drum grooves um, to start songs. You know, they're kind of backing away instead of just being like, we got to have another slammer, another fucking dance tune and stuff. Most of his stuff is starting out with the, you know, guitar, you know, the instruments for a while before the drums come in and they just tickle more often than they make a point here and there. Yeah, he's great. His drummer's great for that. Real somatic, cinematic. Messianic images that he's been known for. Yeah, this is uh, this is the glimpse of Ziggy. Yeah, almost even in that voice he's using right there. Yeah. Plus, uh, that's the that's that John Lennon snare. That's that imagine <laughs> yeah. snare right there. Yes, yes. I like that. I like that '70s kind of tight but verbed out snare drum. Yeah. There's a tape compression does wonders for for if you're pulling that off. It doesn't sound right with uh, with digital so much. So I'm gonna imagine like I pick it out. <laughs> well, it kind of went away around around the digital era. I mean, some of his lines are like playing that magnetic word poetry. 
Oh, yeah, he was a big William S. Burroughs fan with the cut-up method and just, like, throw him in a hat and drop him on the table, and there's your lyrics. Yeah. Like, he, he did that shit. <laughs> like, casting runes. Oh, yeah. Rolling the bones. Dude, and, what, always knocking it out of park? Like, dude, if you were playing craps and just always kept nailing it, you'd be like, yeah, that's, that's what I do now. The results. Yep. Really, Don't who's fix it a, if it ain't broke. Who's got a career just like Just add him. a little coke. <laughs> Who's got a career like him? He's got he had like two stinkers in the late '80s, and like that was it. Yeah, and that was before we knew people could, you know, quote come back. You know, like Kiss he, hadn't done his, yeah, he, he hadn't he had started doing it. Yeah, he just kept producing. He's like Peter Gabriel, who, who I feel kind of waned off a little bit. I mean, nobody has the endurance of David Bowie. It's that runner's body, but not with the big legs. <laughs> Lanky fella, smells great. Naturally. I wonder if he'd have been started hanging out with uh, Mark Bowen from T-Rex at this point. They were around the studio at this time. Yeah, they were kind of like frenemies for most of the... Well, I don't even know if the... They would bicker, but I think he was still like uh, Mark's god's parent to his children and stuff like they were... They're pretty nice. tight. Yeah, yeah. It would be from time to time. But I think they were good, on good terms when Mark died. Passionate so, friends. Yeah. I mean, definitely rivals. Do you think we should bring more passion into our relationship, our friendship? Do more, more, have more of a rivalry? Yeah. Yeah. If that's what generates it, <laughs> you know. We'd have to be going for this, the same thing. I, I already just got tired yeah. hearing that. I was, that's good. That sounds like a lot of effort. I don't have energy to compete with you. I need you here to help me. I <laughs> I also don't have energy to compete with you, Jared. Yeah, we're having a passive-aggressive <laughs> off right now. I mean, honestly, I couldn't even know where to start, Chris. It's just it's exhausting to think about. Yeah, well, I feel like you meant to say a passive-aggressive on. <laughs> well, you can't argue about your feelings, Chris. So I'll you know, let you stand in your truth over there. You know what? I acknowledge how you're feeling. And you're right. I do have... Um, I have that right. I also don't need your permission to have that right. <laughs> what are you saying? Silent guns of love will blast the sky? Okay. Guns with silences. That's pretty heavy. I like that. Where money stood... See, I don't think he cut this one up and threw it in a hat. I think it's very deliberate poetry here. He's saying something. Yeah, I think that's that's where the respect comes in. Is he? This one had that. It wasn't um, lyrical, lighthearted. This is what I saw in my neighborhood, and then let my mind wander. Kind of lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> you know, same, same with Letter to Hermione. You know, yeah. there, there's a focus on it. The discipline to it. Similar, yeah. More sentiment to like dogs, but I think Floyd. What is? What are they talking? What is he talking about here? You got any Just idea? People, probably, you know, people sell out to the the system so they don't have to think about everything so much. Little 1984. Taking that comfort in this and being a follower. Yeah. Um, that was one of his favorite books, was 1984. Well yeah, read, yeah. it seems. I believe that. Yeah. 
<laughs> well read that, David. Yes. He's saying, you know, See? love is the only way that we're going to transcend the, uh, the bullshit. Yeah. Whatever. I think you had to say that if you recorded in the studio at least once in, <laughs> in your... In the 60s. If you made any song in the 60s, or if you're Lenny Kravitz, you, you had to say that love would yeah. save us from everything. <laughs> it does circle back around. This it's like was, 80s uh, fashion. 30, 40, 50 years ago. Still waiting. Yeah. But you can't stop talking about it, right? You know, that's how you keep it alive. It's like Love's it's like uh, salt, bringing Chris. Tinkerbell back to life. You got to just keep clapping, I guess, to that fucking coked-out sound engineer and lighting engineer finally get on the same page and bring her back to life. I saw Peter Pan with Sandy Duncan to bring oh, this back what? around. Live, yeah, in the flesh. Yep. I swear to God, one of her eyes was looking at me the entire time. She's like a poster <laughs> in a bedroom. It was fantastic. Now, I know we've mentioned that I like to go to the theater. Yes. And especially as a kid, King and I blew my mind. Yule Brenner. <laughs> it was. It was awesome. Fourth grade, man. My mom took me. It was great. You saw but Yule you, Brenner in The King and I for real? Yeah. Wow, yeah, man. Fourth you grade. Life. Fourth grade. I, so that's like 1983, 84? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Probably maybe a little bit before. Yeah, so, I don't know. Point being is that blew me away. South Pacific, Pirates and Penzance, um, and uh, and Sandy Duncan in Peter Pan. She came swinging out for the big fucking reveal. She comes swinging out above the crowd. I guess it's not the reveal; it's the fucking ending. Anyway, that's how dazed I was with her performance. And also, in a reverse uh, kind of um, Shakespearean thing, I learned that a woman could play a man. Right, you know, especially a prepubescent boy. She nailed it. Yeah. But she had a huge head. She still had that like that bouffant kind of like. Yeah, she always seemed really funny. And she yeah. took over for for what Valerie at the Hogan family. That's true. It, you Production sh- of Peter Pan I saw had like uh, Pamela Anderson. It didn't work as well. Really? Just kept falling forward just in kissed. the harness and stuff. Getting Indian burns on a boobies. <laughs> yeah, that that had got a little psychedelic at the end. I mean, this is this is the same year that uh, the the Sabbath album we did came out. Um, Sixty nine. This is Hey Jude and Revolution. This is this is uh, yeah. He made it to number one amidst all that in his own country. So, I mean. Sure. I think a few years later, I think he was 15 with this first go around, which is totally respectable. Um, Other albums to to fucking back that point coming out in 1969. Mm -hmm. Abbey Road. Led Zeppelin (sighs) 2. Fucking Let It Bleed. Oh, wow. Love that one. Led Zeppelin 1. Johnny Cash, Live at San Quentin. <laughs> Colonel Beefheart, Trout Mask Replica. Captain Beefheart. Cap- <laughs> this is this is before he got demoted. You don't fucking know Beefheart. Well, Colonel so, Beefheart. I, so we, I, I have, I'm amazed I, I'm okay talking music with you because you're not a Beefheart fan. <laughs> fucking Tommy came out. Oh, shit. A lot of um, thematic stuff going on. A lot of big ideas on. coming out. A lot of occultism. A lot of uh, yeah, big ideas. A lot of heavy swinging, right. all of those bands, and and you know Johnny Cash, fucking swinging, yeah, 
I think that's 50 years ago. Jeff. Rocket. Yeah. That's why rock, yeah. that's why rock and roll is dying. Because <laughs> it's old. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it's got to take a breather. Definitely got to take a breather. Take a breather and look at those charts. That's a good. Uh, Let's good do it, man. Take a break because that's the end of side one. And in America, anyway, the top 10. This follows Blood, Sweat, and Tears with the self titled album. That's got to be there. You know, the Let Go the. That one, right? Yeah. Because that's the only one I know about Blood, Sweat, and Tears. So. <laughs> uh, Blind Faith, which is Ginger Baker, Eric Clapton, and uh, uh, Steve Winwood. Super group. Yeah. Big time. This has got to be the, the beginning of Super Group. Right. I mean, Cream was kind of a super group, too, but I mean, that. Would you, say, would you say Bill? <laughs> they're freshly out of uh, Cream was a super group too. Play with the jazz and, and um, I mean, I think Cream had released an album earlier this that year in '69. So I think this is like hot on the heels of that. Yeah. Um, and it's two thirds of Cream. They just replaced. Now it's like two percent. <laughs> but uh, the Temptations had number eight with Puzzle People. That's the uh, that's the 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 um, the first out of a trilogy where they got the puzzle people, the people under the stairs, <laughs> and then we the people. <laughs> you really followed that uh, band, nice Temptations. So you big beef art Temptations fan. The, the parallels are so I can't believe you don't even see the parallel between fucking beef art and. I get it. I totally get it. Number seven, the Rolling Stones through the past, comma darkly. Mm. Big hits, volume two. They're releasing what, greatest what, hits. What year? Records. What year you're talking about? This is this is the week this album came out. They had Stones already had a greatest hits record. What the fuck? Because they used to milk things, man. When you could sell physical media, the Rolling Stones are like the Kiss of music. <laughs> They're like Kiss if they could play music. <laughs> yeah, Crosby, Stills, and Nash with that self-titled business at number six. Yeah, I, I don't even know what's on that album, but and I already know it's solid. Yeah, yeah, dude. Second albums, Crosby, Stills, Nash. Yeah. When does Young get there? And know. I'm not saying that because I wouldn't do it without Young. I just wanted nah, to be clear about that. Yeah, I'd check it out. Not the hugest fan. I like some of the good good harmonies. I'm a fan of that. But, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't feeling their sunny California vibe. Southern Cross. <laughs> Southern Cross doesn't make you just better. No, nah, it makes me think of like baby boomers uh, at the. Farmer's market on Saturdays. That I have to move around. <laughs> really? Yes. Do you know Crosby's a sailor? You think? He's way into sailing. <laughs> I'd love to go sailing with that guy, but I bet his arthritis would keep him from from uh, having too much fun. Yeah. Probably want me to do everything, and that's not what I'm in it for. Yeah, he's lucky he didn't end up like Janis Joplin at number six or number five. Excuse me. I got them. Oh, dude, this is come on. This is. I got them old cosmic blues again, mama. Mama, that's cultural appropriation for the sixties, man. Nah, Janice, are you kidding me? Janice. I got them old cosmic blues again, mama. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> She's from Texas, dude. I think they say that stuff in Texas in Whatever. parts. I'm a Jap- Joplin fan. You don't like Janis Joplin? Not a, not a big fan. I know it's an unpopular opinion. Okay, I respect that. It's an unpopular opinion. There's. Uh, some good documentaries about her, but her, I mean, it's only one Janis Joplin, and I, and I don't think I'm going out on a big limb to, <laughs> limb to say that. 
I think she's got her place. She's you know, got, she's got her fans too. A lot of them. Yeah. Number four, Santana. A lot of self-titled albums here. Santana, Santana. It's the early days. Either you self-titled or you made up some bullshit like demo Cosmic Blues. Well, what did you know? What did uh, Bowie come this? What did Bowie come this album out with? <laughs> this one in the when this broke in the United States, they wanted to name it, and for a bit was named Man of Words, Man of Music. Oh wow! Because they were tra- and they put it in the folk bin. They're trying to. Wow. They didn't know they where. Didn't know where to stick they didn't know them. where to stick them, and there's so much kind of of this music. Yeah, a little folky going on, going strong. Some hard folk, you know. It's kind of like, uh, what do we do here? Because he's also they're all telling stories. They're all, you know painting pictures, um, <laughs> making mind movies. Where, where do you, where do you put this album amongst all these guys? Yeah, um, uh, it's probably better than Janis Joplin. Uh, maybe not as good as Santana. Johnny Cash at San Quentin, number three. You already talked about that album, but that was, that was a charter. Yeah. Oh, speaking of cultural appropriation, Creedence Clearwater Revival <laughs> from fucking like from Fontana, California, singing about the bio. <laughs> Bone on the bio. Dude, Stop lying. It, yeah, but you know what? Zeppelin is guilty of that too, but with Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and so, which is really this worse? Ain't no Hobbit. <laughs> is it like they didn't swing far enough? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they always they got some tunes. They got like I, like one hand I can count all my Creedence songs. Yeah. Uh, but number one, you know, Ben Moore wanted to do uh, what the Sun, Fortunate Sun, Fortunate Sun. That's one of the ones I like. It's a good song. Makes me think of Vietnam movies. Yeah. The hitter. The bottom. <laughs> yeah. Number one, Abbey Road. But you already know who. That's the Beatles, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'd be broken up within 12 months. My God. Late stage Beatledom. So they stopped in like 70. Yeah. Done. All the quits and then played on each other's solo albums. Yeah, and then also, um, you know, one of them circled back around to David Bowie. Johnny. Fame. People don't know. That's him going in the background. What's your name? What's your name? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good tune. <laughs> it <kinda laughs> is. Fame is a very sticky tune. Solid. <laughs> and they beautifully do the fame. Ah. Dude, like slow down the track, too, like to give it that. It's, it's got that bottom end. Yeah. That's a strutting yeah. song. You, if you can't put a strut onto that tune, you need to get some corrective shoes. Yeah. Uh, that would. I mean, that's like eleven years down the line. They weren't even getting to that. There's there's a lot of good music on that top ten, Jared. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. The summer of love was about to draw to a close. We got for music. Uh, we got. I mean, for movies, we got Easy Rider came out. <laughs> A lot of people smoking the marijuanas in 1969. Yeah. Butch that, Cassidy. That boom. Yeah. Gunfighting, Butch Cassidy, classic music, movie. Jesus Christ, Jared. Give me a hand here, buddy. Uh, and I wonder what movies I was going to in 1969. Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, the goofy James Bond movie. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> was that Peter Sellers? Or who uh, the fuck? No, that? no. Not the George Lazenby one. I don't think so. Oh, that was no. This is, this Casino Con- Royale was the goofy one yeah. back in the day. This is Connery, and I remember the, ah, the, 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 the George. Yeah, all right. 
the cover of this one was like uh, Sean with like a, a gun that had a like a, a flared end. It was like a pistol, but if, if to <laughs> me one of those pilgrim guns, yeah, it's a pilgrim gun. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he's wearing like a like a Gargled you hat. know captain's hat. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck's going on in that fucking story? Uh-huh. That's Sean Connery. I think so. Wow, I got to watch that one. I, I you know about like the Spaceballs one and then uh, Goldfinger. And- <laughs> you mean Moonraker? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, come on, but the, yeah, Moonraker's not a good one. And and <laughs> in the in, it was if, towards the end of his run. If I could quote my dad, I was uh, we were flipping through the channels, and I was a young kid. Um, most kids are young, but I was a young kid, and you're young for a kid. You know, I see Moonraker, and I'd been seeing Moonraker pop up. You know, is in rotation. I knew it was a James Bond movie. I knew my dad liked James Bond movie. And movies and, and and whatnot and i was starting to come online with like yeah okay this is, this is some pretty cool shit and you know whatever young kid all of it gadgets ladies spying <laughs> um and i was like moonraker you want to watch moonraker should we watch moonraker okay he's like yeah we'll watch it it's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it was just no <laughs> and it, i mean called it like yeah. we watched it and it was what what was nice it was it's I think it's the introduction of Jaws. Jaws was in that, yeah. And so now all of a sudden you're like, and he doesn't die at the end. I don't, I don't think he dies at no, the end because he comes back. Yeah, and you're like, oh fuck, dude, that guy's gig is biting with metal teeth. <laughs> they all look fucked up and shit. <laughs> Those janky Iron Man teeth. <laughs> the problem if biting is your main <laughs> go to. Yeah. Got to get close. Well, that's why he's a, a big seven footer. Yeah, he was a brute too. With bad dentistry. That's a sadistic fuck. He'll give you those dentures. The one, the doctor who will give you those dentures, two jaws, <laughs> being like, "This is what I want." Yeah, no, I, all the teeth out. <laughs> I'm not you chewing think gum interchangeable? You ever think you again. Pop them out a little effortant, you know? No, I don't think they're dentures. Uh, I think those are implants. Those are imp- implant dentistry in the late yeah. 60s because once you do that man you, you the brushing so much easier you use like a buffer you got you well, what if you want to say like metal cleaner out, in your mouth go out on the, on the town and put in your good teeth i think he was just 24 7 no everybody as, as far as famous henchmen everybody knew jaws like in the town they were like that dude works for evil geniuses <laughs> that's this he, he just had the look you know like there's no hiding you couldn't hide Hide, uh, hide in plain sight, but nobody gave the dime up on Jaws. I forget how he met his end, but for our James Bond podcast, liver cancer. Well, not the real dude. No, He's no, James, that's anymore. how we. No, that's how we met. Fucking, <laughs> that's how you met Jaws. No, I didn't meet you. That's how. That's how he met his death. Really? Yeah, yeah. Timothy Dalton did it, and nobody was very satisfied. <laughs> that's why nobody talks about it. Yeah, poor Timothy. Yeah, you got the raw deal. Tell you what. He's better than George Lazenby. Janine. I don't know if this is a real person or not on this song. This is another letter to a girl that... (laughs) Another (laughs) song about his feelings for a girl. And that 12-string coming back. Yeah. Got Allman Brothers guitar coming in on top of it. What? Is that a jug? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Janine, he, she's yeah, French. He, yeah, you put some stank on it. <laughs> a lack of Polish wanderers. 
They're wandering through your land. Yeah, they're not scrolling the lyrics on this one. I think that means it's like problematic or something. Probably. <laughs> well, look, well, let's find out. Coming from the man that wrote China Girl. Well, I think that's perfectly clear. Hey, uh, D- David, excuse me for a second. Isn't it pronounced Janine? Janine, it's like Trump says Jaina. Are oh, you putting the accent on? All right. Janine's from Jaina. Take an axe to me or kill a mortal man, and then we'll have fun. I think that's what he said. I like the shot of backup over Lou's going back there. Playing yeah. like a juice harp back yeah, there? Like a, yeah, I think so. Like one of those clingy. tongue drums? Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the Hawaiian piano or whatever. The, ding, 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 uh, ding, I think ding, they call ding, it uh, Native Islander piano, but okay. Piano. I don't know. Yeah. Play with them. The tongue drums. Is that what it is? Well, I don't use type, my tongue with that. The type of tongue drum. Well, because you're not good at it. <laughs> I'm not a percussionist. I don't know these things. <laughs> Do you think? Did your mom let you lick the batter? Yeah. Did you? Did you ever lick? Did you lick the wooden spoon? I licked it all. And then you licked the batter. Do you ever think you're that welcome, she Hillary. was? Exactly. I mean, Pat. <laughs> That's that's a true that's a true feminist. Is <laughs> like I'm not gonna talk about. I'm just gonna train. Yep. It's like mentat shit. You can't know you're being trained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Especially getting the back of the beater back there. You know, like yeah. the inside that's back some, of the that's some dexterity. Deep. You gotta fucking throw deep. on that. Shit was clean when I gave it back. Yeah, hell yeah. Don't be tickling or nothing. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. could be like an Almer Brothers song. Yeah, this is a Swampy Porch song. About the uh, the, <laughs> the town floozy that everybody passes along. Janine. <laughs> My name's Janine. It's not Janine. I'm born on the bayou. <laughs> there you get a little some of that the apoplectic Bowie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the stage. <laughs> this is the beginning stages of the Bowieisms. Yeah. Oh, fade out. Nobody can end a song in the '60s. That's the problem. Sometimes I think that was a, a, a you know, a, a door they left open just so they can keep jamming on it. You know, at the right the, they would do during like a show. Takes you know, and takes. Yeah. Doesn't like today. You only got eight microphones. You had to get that good take. You had to get that good take. Yeah. Huh. Damn, a lot of sense right there. And I haven't heard a lot of clams in this, or any clams in this. No. No, it's tough to pull them out. Yeah. If, if someone doesn't point them out to you. You know who's fucking great at pointing them out? Hmm. Fucking Steve Bergstrom. <laughs> yeah, Hashtag yeah, Flat Earth Steve. Flat Earth Steve. Yeah, we had an episode about that. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's got that ear. Doesn't have those eyes. Got the golden Fucking... ear. Got the golden ear. <laughs> Just one of them. He's got a golden ear. He's got a golden the other ear. One is, is, it's kind of like uh, pewter. 
It's pewter. It's pewter. Kind of like a bronze ear. It's like if you side. play with it too long, your hands are going to get dirty. <laughs> like a sticky quarter. Why is the paint coming off the soldier? Love you, Steve. Um, an occasional dream. What a what a British thing to say. <laughs> it that's, is. Uh, that's, it is. To the core. Think, yeah. Occasional dream. This is going to be whimsical, right? Once again, no lyrics. Yeah, butter and guitar. Cipher. Yeah, that 12 string, man. Could have been a Simon and Garfunkel song right here. Yeah, descending backup vocal line. This would have kind of been a contemporary of Cat Stevens, too, at this point. Yeah. Probably uh, competing for airtime against one another here. Yeah. What well, Cat's same lane a little bit. You know, I think there's a, a little conversation with Harry Chapin here, mm-hmm. too. You know, as far as the, I'm going to tell you a story about this person. Harry Chapin makes it, and Cat Stevens, pretty straight down the barrel. Um, David's, you know, he's dancing around the point sometimes. Like an esoteric Cat Stevens. Yeah. (laughs) Cat Stevens' rhythm section is so tight. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. Dig Peace Train, if if you haven't. There's just so many cool grooves and timings. Uh, guy really explored the the genre and religion. And look, yeah, a couple of them. We'll uh, we'll dig into his second album soon. I believe. I yeah. bet you that's something we're gonna have to do. Yeah, make a note. So he's talking about running through clothes hanging sheets in his neighbor's yard. I'm pretty sure. But that was Arnold Lane by Pink Floyd. What? <laughs> You know Arm Lane, right? Uh-uh. The old, the really old uh, Pink Floyd song with uh, the original singer, uh, Sid Barrett. Barrett. About, about a guy that steals ladies' underwear off the washing lines. Oh, nice. Dude, that guy was David. That was David. That's what David Bowie did when he was like, right before he started learning He's how to play the saxophone. Like <laughs> wearing him like a space helmet. <laughs> granny panties like, like a space like helmet. Like a Batman mask or uh, a Spider-Man mask. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking booking through the neighbor's yard, hands hands akimbo and and and, and you know extended running through the drapery. <laughs> Before they are dried by the sun. Flutey flute at the end there. I approve. There's a lot of a lot of different instruments. He's into layering. Yeah, I don't know if that's uh, Tony's influence or Gus, whatever the guy's name was. Tony is the guy he's going to stick with. Um, I have no idea whose influence that is, but it seems like from the get go, he had no problem with just fucking around with arrangements. Real bravery to. I want to do, you know, throw on uh, different instruments, flutes at the end, whatever, you know, you know what I mean? I don't know if there's a style he hasn't really touched on in his life. He did the soul, he did the psychedelic, the 
gospel, the drum and bass. The Do alternative. Monk tried to, yeah, you know. He just, invented alternative. Yeah. Ambient. Sure. Well, that Almer Brothers song is just one toe in country there, you know? I don't think he really ever did a full-on country song. I would think that would have been I bet on the bus. Pocket for him. I, bet, I bet driving around on a bus, he did some old standards and <laughs> he shit. He probably and liked then, some Elvis, which borders up on it. But yeah, now there's a few songs I'm sure in his uh, in his catalog that we've never heard that are not good. <laughs> and I, and he's he's definitely done some songs that are you know whatever. Right. I'm going nowhere with this other other than <laughs> I would love to hear him fucking around on a tour bus. Being like, ah, I'm working on a country song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if he'd stuck around a little bit longer, we might have got that country album. I don't know. How that boy from Free Cloud. That sounds like some Hobbit shit right there, actually. Yeah. The elves of Free Cloud rode to our defense in the Battle <laughs> of Boromir. Yeah, okay, go on. Go on, Tom. What, what, what else you got? Free Cloud. Is that like a they place in England? Free Cloud? Yeah. It's a club. What's a village? See, this is a song that David, Ian Anderson, and Tolkien wrote. Yes. This is this is like you're uh, the, the king... Uh, the naked king yeah, the, the, yes. that runs at moon, moonlight. This is see. <laughs> Look at you. I th- <laughs> Look at the, the company you got. Hey, you know, Space Baby was a jam too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Blankets smoke into the room. <laughs> okay. Trumpets in there, dude. This is medieval as heck. Yeah. So the guy's coming from the town of Free Cloud that's up in the mountains. So high. Yeah, so high the eagle. Well, mostly because men shoot them. Dude, this is Tolkien. This is the story kind of about the great eagles. Worry about getting shot by the men. It's a little bit like proto uh, Isabel. Who did Isabel? York's Isabel. How's that go? About the little wood nymph. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That goes to try to tell. Yeah, tell the world of its destruction. How could Bjork not be aware of David Bowie? The answer is she can't. She can't not be aware. See, he's talking about madness. You're right. I'm telling you, man. My king has left his throne tonight to come to his binges. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Driven by the uh, driven by the moon, running barefoot through the woods. See, I didn't care about rhyming in that yeah, one so much. I'm opening up Pro Tools after this. We're gonna get some basics. <laughs> Yeah, he used to, yeah, this is like Torch Song Bowie, like yeah. from the clubs. And the second time that Bowie's ending a song on this album with that 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 uh, uh, marching band boy, snare. Yeah. Tum, tum. Tugger from 
Tom Tugger right there. <laughs> and, would, uh, next line. And the mountain moves its eyes. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah. It'll cha- change up on the groove, do that. Oh, it realized the world. Okay, Dave. Oh, the, oh, the snow saved the place. And there's a crazy kid from Free Cloud. Okay, all right. Is that you by any chance? Are you are you the hero? <laughs> yeah, this kid's jacked. This kid is like, I've seen some shit. I'm on a mission. Storm Giants, by the way. Yeah, right? Oh, he's going to save the village. Like, Yeah, he said, he said, they're not going to hurt me, Free Cloud. But Free Cloud's like, fuck them. If in a previous uh, life, this guy was always a minstrel. <laughs> yeah. Him and Stink. How could you say the village? I'd see, I think Sting was a jester once and it always stuck with him. <laughs> wow. That was a groovy little tale. I'm not sure I picked up the whole narrative, but that was... Uh, so... Mountains coming down destroying villages. Yeah, Free Cloud is a town in the mountains where the eagles don't want to go. Probably because, as we see towards the end, Free Cloud as a town is kind of the mountain. And it can fuck some shit up. And I think the mountain was sick of having eagles shit on it and <laughs> babies on it and stuff. And this, the wild-eyed boy from Free Cloud, he was, a, he was cool with Free Cloud. He could live up there. And he came coming down to the town they kind of freaked out a little bit. The mountain was like, you fucking with my, with my fucking dog? And fucking, and Free Cloud turns the mountain like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Dude, I'm, I'm going to make, you know, we're yeah. going to get something going here. And the mountain's like, what? I didn't hear that. And just fucking chucked the boulders. Sounds like it. Yeah. That's. Couldn't save them. Yeah. Can't save them all. That is from, it's, that's like the Black Sea Scrolls of the Lord of the Rings right there. <laughs> <laughs> like some people say he wrote it. Some people say Tolkien wrote yeah, it. Well, it's about the same time that uh, Jimmy uh, uh, Robert Plant was doing the same shit. There's, yeah. I think it was a really popular book at that time. It was like uh, The Secret of like 1969. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Folks was reading it. Had staying power too. Yeah. You getting that ringing in your ear or I'm having a stroke? Um, I think it's my tinnitus. All right. Well, that was a fun little jammy jam. God knows I'm good. I, I know this one pretty well. This, this is I think this one kind of like stuck with him a little bit. And it's on that uh, BBC, uh, Bowie at the Beeb. You know, yeah. got that record? Like all his live radio. Yeah, There's yeah. a really good version of this one on there. But it's God knows I'm good. So must be all right. Gonna play that 12 string for this whole album. There's that Bo Diddley again. Yeah, right? I guess that's why I want to put him with Cat Stevens too, a lot of 12 string. Sure. 
didn't know there was cash machines in 69, so there goes a little reptilian space traveler shit. That means a cash register. Does he? (laughs) (laughs) This is what Matt Dillon wrote in the movie Singles. So he's up to some dirt. <laughs> he's doing dirt right now. Yeah. you know that he ate um, an egg fermented in piss? <laughs> no. John Lennon gave it to him when they were in Hong Kong. And they got brought back. One guy recognized them, brought them back into the side street uh, place. John Lennon took a shot of snake's blood, which is a thing in Taiwan and China. Um, not like, that's not frequent, but if you want to find snake's blood to do a shot, you, you, if, if you start from the idea of, hey, I want to find snake's blood to do a shot, you could be anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour away from doing that. Um, but the piss egg? It's it, too far. It was a, it's a, like horse piss or something like that fermented Ugh. in it. And he said John uh, Lennon just walked up to him and put it in his mouth. Which would not like be the last time John Lennon said that. Had to be like hard-boiled. I'm sure it's rubbery and shit. They have, when I was in Taiwan, just sitting on the counter, like 7-Eleven, they would have a bowl with tea with cracked eggs in it, like hard-boiled cracked eggs in it. And they're beautiful looking because they have that sepia tone and and the dark veins and shit like that. But it's like, that's just eggs sitting out on a counter and tea. Right. And I talked to pickled eggs, at least are preserved, like in the bar. The word on the street is they give you bad gas. Oh, I believe that. Eggs do that to me anyway. Do you know what else? I'm going to give you some Bowie basics here. All right, good. I think we see where this song's going, Bo Diddley. (laughs) Fucking nice. It's about time, too, that we hit another just digestible groove on this thing. You know, we're kind of going through a journey here. Maybe you're a kid in 69 and and you're smoking on the reefer Mm -hmm. and you're just, like, taking it in. Maybe you're at a party dancing. Who knows how you're taking it in 1969. I'm really too detached from it. But I will tell you this. Um, fucking, he shagged Susan Sarandon. What? It's the truth. Like in the day. Yep. They were working Good on for a, both of them. Yeah, exactly. That's a win-win right there. Yeah. And and just like listening to David Bowie laugh, I think there should be more celebration of laughing. Like in the Bible, you never hear about Jesus laughing. You don't. You don't hear about Martin Luther King laughing. You. We don't really uh, celebrate that so mm-hmm. much. You know. I think I was just weaving a spell with my hand, by the way. Yeah, you did. Um, you got me. But uh, but I, I like that. I like hearing him laugh. I like the idea that him and Susan Sarandon seems like they had a fine tryst. <laughs> fine tryst. <laughs> she said he smells great. And uh, he also loves Marvel Comics. Wow. This guy's got an imagination on him, and he's pulling influence and from all over. He never wrote over. a song about like, the Fantastic Four, then. Didn't he? <laughs> 
you know what? You're right. <laughs> Maybe his song about making way for the homo superior, that's like straight out of X-Men. Oh, I never put that one. Wow. Put mm-hmm. a wrinkle in my brain. Five. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does it's Bowie the homo superior. <laughs> wow he's the harbinger of the mutants yeah but another that's thin white dude harbinger of mutants <laughs> Halloween Jack wow did you just make up Halloween Jack was Halloween he Jack is the character he was on uh, on uh, Diamond Dogs oh okay Halloween Jack yeah. is a real cool cat is at the top of Manhattan Chase you know when you see him with like the eye patch? Who's that? The uh, do you know who that sounds like? I'm gonna say that sounds like Kingpin. <laughs> but was that yeah. DC? That's DC. Uh, yeah. But if you read Marvel, you're gonna read Marvel. You, you know That's DC. Marvel. Kingpin's Marvel, is it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. Huh. Yeah. When you see him with the eye patch, that's Halloween Jack. Okay. Well, he kind of oh. looks like he kind of looks like he's Ziggy Stardust, but he's got an eye patch and he's wearing some <laughs> knickerbocker shorts and. Vest, that's Halloween Jack. He's just a little bit different from from the, uh, the yeah. I'm different because I have an eye patch. Yeah, he still had that red hair though. <laughs> Take a while to grow that shit out. He couldn't just go bald, you know. He had a ruby, the size of a tangerine. <laughs> Will bud. I heard uh, David Bowie do an impersonation of Mick Jagger. <laughs> oh, there's uh, yeah, there's like a YouTube clip where he'll do like. Uh, Jagger, Dylan, uh, Springsteen. He's fucking good, man. Yeah. He has the ear. It's not a surprise, but man, the, the, the Mick Jagger one, he's talking about uh, seeing the Rolling Stones play and people yelling. Uh, they all had short hair in the audience and Mick had long hair and they were all giving him shit. And I grow your hair, cut your hair, cut your hair. And he goes, what? It look like you. <laughs> <laughs> Screen died. Hold yeah. on. I don't know what's going on with this our tech here. Kinda... It's it's trying to kick us off. Uh, the screen's dead now. How many other tunes have we got? We would come to the last and final song on the uh, album, which well, uh, all else fails. I plug my phone in, but yeah, the computer just turned off. Okay, the shit is off. So it's not though. The lights on, but the lights are on, but nobody's home. Do you think we're recording? Or oh, we? Yeah, we're recording on this guy. Okay, well let's power through, man. Do it blind. We'll do it like uh, young David Bowie who got punched in the side of the head and his fucking <laughs> pupil got real big. Out. You know why he got punched? He told that guy who punched him. who He was a Mellotron. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Mellotron. He told him uh, that the girl that they both liked who was going to meet that guy, he told the guy that she canceled. Right, 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 yeah. That's she didn't some cold-blooded cancel. Shit. It's some cold-blooded shit, dude. And guess what? He got socked for it. As he should. London beatdown. You don't rub another man's rhubarb. And he did at a very young age and uh, fucking paid the price. Those two guys, David Bowie and his friend, I forget his name, um, worked together in David's early career because that guy did most of the cover art. Did the cover art for what we're looking at here. No shit. Yeah, or what we were looking at. they made up after all that. Yeah, fairly quickly. They were very good. They were very good lads. Very good friends. What's What's a British word for being friends? Mates. 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 All right, let me try this. Let me try this this way. See how this works out. Yeah. How's this is a memory of a free festival? Maybe I should announce it. Sure. Nice work. Memory of a free festival. Well, I tell you right up front. 
See, this is like a lost uh, Neutral Milk Hotel demo right here. There's a lot of uh, woodwind. There's a concertina. He's not shy of the woodwind. No, he plays the shit out of a saxophone. Yeah. Okay, now there's like an Arcade Fire song. He loved Arcade Fire. He did, actually, huh? Yep. They would jam together. Ah, he was on their uh, reflector mounts. There I go, Missing the Post Step again. on the Post by Jared Britt. <laughs> Taking a dump in the grass. <laughs> He would be a great person to uh, fall asleep to while he's telling a story because it always goes on like a couple lines more than you thought it was going to. It's like if you were following him in a conversation, you'd start nodding well before his point. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. right. Um, right, didn't. Oh, but it's, oh, it seemed that way. Okay, I'm with you. Oh, what? Oh, it did. Was it raining? What'd you say? I think this song has like some different movements to it, if I remember correctly. You mean it picks up from here? I think it does. <laughs> right away, ecstasy. See? This is like headphones from fucking Bjork. As an album closer. Album closer. Yeah. This part. Yeah. Hers doesn't really pick up. I'm hearing a little oasis in here. I get my pickup with you putting down. Just mostly in the rhyme scheme, because he's hitting it now. Tony finally won. He was like, just rhyme for one song. We'll close it. Just write it down. I don't fucking care how long it is. Live tracking. Just fade that ride right out. Got your head bobbing, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're gonna kick. And now we're confused. Is Major Tom coming back into the atmosphere? Is he going through the wormhole right now? Yeah, I think George Martin was an influence on, on Tony and Gus. And why wouldn't he be? He was like the hot, he was like. I think that's going around London like at Rick this Rubin time, of man. His day. Yeah. Rick Rubin wishes he could lick my tank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those snaps are like light claps, or is that a rim shot? It's a rim. Dude, fuzzy bass. Love a fuzzy bass. Oh, we're going to church now. 
The sun machine is coming down, and we're going to have a party. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, yeah. See, we're getting to that Hey Jude territory right here. Totally. It's like if Hey Jude had a Quaalude. <laughs> I feel like they were having a party when they tried Dude, this one. Down. Don't you just want to be the guy in a chorus that gets to go, gets to go fucking a wall? Well, you know, you know, there's a few takes where you kind of fuck it up. Yeah. Dog baby had a. Damn. <laughs> we do another one. Park party. Nope, that wasn't it. Can we? I need another one. So let's go, I'll go with it. All right, just try. Do less. Do less. Sun machine. <laughs> gonna have a pool party, pooping up. Oh shit! Duty time. A party, 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 party. Sack sneaking in there. Gonna have a party! Sting showed up. Still a minute and a half left. It's like we are the world. We're gonna have a party. <laughs> the sun machine gonna come in down. Gonna have a party. The sun machine is gonna come down. We're gonna have a party. I made a character that was a sun machine. It had <laughs> gears that were hot in <laughs> the first Stan Lee cameo was on the second Dave Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. <laughs> How would he do it? We're gonna have a body! Ooh, some machines <laughs> coming down. That gave one to the ladies. How would Prince do it? <laughs> <laughs> this at this at this stage of this recording. Tony, Gus, we're both out. They were just like, you have the keys. We're not back. We're going to go out. You guys finish this track. I'll mix it later. (laughs) It's coming down. See, a little bit of a crescendo and a crashing wave. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's a good album ender. Yeah, you, you couldn't put that anywhere else in the album. That's for sure. What the? Oh, and it just we're just going to play Sound and Vision for some reason. Uh, I'll tell you what, that made me thirsty to hear. That album made me thirsty to hear Sound and Vision. That, that's a good album. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Sound and Vision? Sound and Vision. And, and Vision. And Vision. Like Did guns, I say and? Guns and Roses. Or is it Sound and N, the letter N, Vision? Sound apostrophe N. Vision. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know what that album was about? Sound and Vision? Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, no, Sound and Vision. Album. No, Sound and Vision. What? Sound and Vision. That, that album was a, a theme album that Bowie came up with, and uh, it's about a cyborg that was uh, built out of a mystery gem. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, people didn't know how powerful it was. It turned out to be, like, one of six. And, and, and that android had a soul, maybe, because it had so much circuitry or... Or something in the circuitry. There was 
Ghost in the Machine. Ghost in the Machine. And Sound was his girlfriend before uh, the Red Witch. Scarlet Witch. <laughs> the Maroon Witch by yeah. that point. Yeah. Crimson Witch. Well, only once a month. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but that's David Bowie's second album. I, I'm. It's a good album. I will say that is a, you know, if we're, you do the old five-star uh, rating, that's a good three and a half to four. Yeah. And and you want some uh, David Bowie cred? Throw that on at a party. You're just entertaining some folks. It's got it's got a good movement throughout the it's whole got thing. songs people know, songs people don't know. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna slide under the radar, and uh, they're like, "This is this is this David Bowie," but just like uh, if you're hurt, if you have to ask a question, you already know the answer. <laughs> am I hurt? <laughs> How bad am I hurt? Well, I'm glad <laughs> he got to meet Tony Visconti. And I'm glad he got to play his 12-string and freak out with the brand-new 8-microphone setup. You know, we made the most of it. Yeah. It took in a lot of influences through the cinema. Obviously, this thing's got movements. I have nothing. I got nothing. Saying about a hobbit from a mountain. He's got, he's weaving stories. Aliens, hobbits, the Fantastic Four, all of it. And what what we know is that, Janine, thank God that this isn't the last of David Bowie. Right. This is a unique album where he lays the seeds for where he's about to, what he's about to grow around the fucking planet. Um, he's got so much other good work. He did really well. I don't know if you've heard of him, David, but am I saying that right? Bowie, I think it is. No, because he said he wanted it to rhyme with Joey and it's based after the knife. Yeah. But they called it Jim Bowie and it's a, but it's actually a Jim Bowie. Knife. He's stabbing you in the soul. Hey, Dave, let me get a track. Two tracks. I can do it. He can still play it, David Bowie. We're gonna have a party. (laughs) Not on this episode. Maybe on the next one.